That's great. Thanks, Gilbert. Good morning. Okay, that was pretty good. Usually when I say good morning, people go, uh. so you're good. I'm glad that you're awake this morning. And I really want to start by thanking you this morning for giving me the opportunity to come and share with you about the work of ICC and also to speak to you from this passage in Numbers 13 and 14. Before I do that, uh, thank you too for being such faithful supporters of ICC over so many years. I can't quite remember how many years it is since ICC began a relationship with VCBC, but I remember in those early days meeting with Alfred and Rosita and, and many of you, how you got involved so wholeheartedly in the work that we do. You have been faithful supporters of the work we do, and you've also been a very kind and generous supporter to me. And so thank you for your kindness in that. Well, this morning you are beginning a series, a mission series, aren't called Thy Kingdom Come. And so as I was praying, I was, I was praying those words, God, your kingdom come. And I sat with those words and I sat and asked the Lord what it was that he wanted me to share with you. And I trust that this word today will bless you and encourage you, maybe challenge you a little bit and help you to see how God wants to use your life to bring his kingdom into the world in which we live. But before we do anything else, let's pray. Jesus, we're thankful for this opportunity to gather together today. We're thankful that we can come into your presence, not just to do our duty, but to encounter the living God, to encounter the one who wants to bring his kingdom in us and wants to bring his kingdom through us into the world. And we pray through this time this morning you would speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, come and speak. We want to continue to be transformed by you on this journey, on this walk that we have begun with you. And so lead us and speak to us, we pray, in your precious name. Amen. Do you remember the day that you became a believer? I remember that day really, really clearly. It was such a transformative day on my walk with God. I'd grown up in a mainstream church, and I honestly felt like God was really quite irrelevant to me. Uh, God seemed distant, didn't seem personal, and seemed very detached from all that I saw going on in the world. But as a 16-year-old, two colleagues in the bank in which I worked began to talk to me about Jesus. One day they invited me to visit their church and I found something very different that I'd ever experienced in my church growing up. I found a church that was vibrant and alive. And I began to realize that Jesus was also vibrant and alive. And I began to see that God was vibrant and alive and working in the world, working in people's lives, working to bring transformation. And this was a revelation to me. For somebody who had grown up just saying words, singing songs that didn't connect, hearing messages that seemed kind of not relevant to me, to suddenly realize that God loved me and God loved the world was an amazing revelation. Over a period of months, I came to know that God deeply loved me. And that changed me. And then I also come, came to understand on that day when I became a believer that I was beginning a journey with him that was going to change me forever. Because as followers of Jesus, when we put our feet onto that path of having a relationship with him, we begin a journey that is going to transform us. And if we are not being transformed, there is a problem. That day for me, the kingdom of God 
began to come into my life, began to impact and change and shape the life that I was living. And for us as followers of Christ, I believe that day by day, God's kingdom is coming into our lives. It's coming into my life and it's coming into yours. And that happens as we allow the life of Jesus to be lived through us. It happens as we give our life over to him each day. This is key, giving our life over to Jesus each day. Because when we do that, we are creating a space in our lives for the Holy Spirit to come and to do a work of transformation. Sometimes we look at our own lives and we don't see that we're going through any kind of transformation. Perhaps we feel a little stuck. But if we are giving our lives over to Jesus day by day, when we wake up in the morning and we pray a prayer that I pray regularly, Lord Jesus, I don't think I can live this Christian life today. I don't think I've got what it takes. I haven't got the strength. I haven't got the commitment. I haven't got the passion. But Jesus, I know in you, It's all that I need. So I give myself to you. When we pray this kind of prayer, we can be confident that the kingdom is coming in our lives. What does that look like? Well, we can find that out through Scripture. Scripture tells us that things, the fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the kingdom, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. These are the characteristics of someone who is giving their life over to Jesus day by day, and whose life is being shaped by the kingdom. We increasingly live from a place of truth and honesty and integrity. And little white lies that maybe we would have spoken without any twinge in our conscience, suddenly we begin to feel them because God is working and transforming us as we give our lives over to him. And we find ourselves becoming more compassionate and other-centered. And this is important. Our focus becomes less on ourselves and what I have and what I need. And we become more concerned with those around us. You see, the work of the kingdom is to work deeply in us in order to begin to turn us, not just to see ourselves, but to begin to look outward towards the world. This is what it is like when the kingdom of God is coming in our lives. This is what it's like to be a follower of Jesus. So let me ask you a question this morning. When you look at your life, do you see the kingdom coming in that way? And if you don't, let me ask you another question. Are you offering your life daily to Jesus? Are you giving up all that you are to him and letting his life be lived through you in each and every day? We can hold back We can hold back our lives, we can hold back parts of our lives from offering them to Jesus. And as we do that, we can be sure that we are stunting the work of the kingdom in our lives. Jesus comes into our lives, and when we welcome him into our lives, and we welcome him into all of our life, even the parts that we keep closed and hidden away, then that transformation begins to happen in us. God delights to bring his kingdom into our lives as we give them over to him. And through that, as I said, God begins to turn us from being people who just simply look at our own lives to people who look outward. Because God wants his kingdom also to come in this world. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's work is never meant to end just with your transformation. It doesn't just finish with you. It isn't about you being blessed so that you're blessed. 
It's about you being blessed and transformed so that what is happening in you begins to flow through you and out into the world in which we live. And we know why God wants to do this, don't we? We know why he wants to do this because all we have to do is look around and we see a broken world. We see broken marriages and broken families. We see hopelessness and emptiness. We see a society that is changing and embracing things, ways of living that we know clearly to be wrong. And we see suffering and war. And we see children living in poverty, children tied to potty chairs in Chinese welfare centres. We know that the world is a broken place and it's desperately in need of thy kingdom come. We need God's kingdom to come into this world. As God began to work in me as a 16-year-old new believer, this is some of the work he began to do in me. He began to turn me outward to see a world that was broken and desperately needed a message of hope. As I looked into the brokenness of the world, I felt like I was overwhelmed by what I saw. And yet as I looked out into the world, I began to see in Scripture that God had a plan that God had a plan to bring healing, to redeem all the brokenness, and to put right all that is wrong in the world in which we live. God called me to follow him. He called me at 19 years old to get on a plane and leave England and to fly across the world. And at 19 years old, in the December of 1990, I found myself stood on the deck of a ship sailing up the Huangpu River into the city of Shanghai. It was an overwhelming experience. I still remember Shanghai's impressive waterfront, the Bund, emerging out of the mist. It was a cold, foggy December morning. And as the mist seemed to swirl around, my feelings also swirled around too. God had called me to China, called me to be part of Thy Kingdom Come in China. And as I disembarked the ship and I moved towards the customs and immigration, I felt uncertainty and I felt fear. Fear of going into an alien place, a place that I'd never been before. I didn't know what to expect. China was completely new to me. All I knew was that this was a communist country. I knew it didn't welcome Christians. I knew that they certainly didn't welcome missionaries. I'd heard that they persecuted pastors and churches, that Christians were locked up for what they believed and that missionaries were deported. And that left me feeling nervous and fearful. In the passage that we just heard from Numbers 13, we hear an account of God leading his people to enter an alien land. And we hear of their experience as they seek to go into that land and to establish thy kingdom come in that place. We all know the story God leads his people out of Egypt. He leads them away from slavery towards this incredible promised land that the spies say is flowing with milk and honey. And he does that because he wants to establish a new kingdom in the world. And as they get close to that land, God speaks to Moses and says, send 12 men out as spies and so they can see what this land is like. Well, the spies enter that promised land and they spend, I can't remember, 30 or 40 days scouting it out. 40 days. And after they return, they make a report to Moses and to the whole community of Israel. 
Ten of the spies have their own particular perspective. They all share the same opinion. This land that we've just visited, yeah, it's full of milk and honey, but it's a land full of giants. The people are powerful. The cities are fortified. They are large. The people are stronger than we are. And in the end, by the time they've given this report, they say, we felt like grasshoppers. We felt so puny and so small. We can't ever do anything in that place. There's no way the kingdom is going to come in that place. Their fears, their insecurities, their inadequacy has overwhelmed them. And they've become paralysed. They're unable to wait, see any way forward. And we move on through that passage into Numbers 14 and we see what that results in. We see that their fear rules them. All of a sudden, this promised land that they've travelled from Egypt towards is no longer a place of promised blessing, but they perceive it as a place of threat. And they say, we are not willing to go. We are not willing to enter this land. And they begin to think about turning back, about going back to Egypt. Imagine they'd lived generations and generations as slaves. And now because of the fear they have of what God is asking of them, they would prefer to go back and to be slaves once again. To live under that yoke and that burden. They've lost sight of God and his greatness. They've lost sight of God and his goodness. And they begin to wonder, has God brought us here for us to die by the sword? Has God brought us here to kill us? And you can see what happens here is that they begin to focus inward. They become become bitter and they become self-focused. And it ultimately leads to rebellion. It leads to them talking about choosing a new leader. They're ready to overthrow Moses, to get rid of him. And what was meant to be an opportunity for God's new kingdom to come, an opportunity for them to trust, to trust God more deeply, it's very quickly become a situation that they simply want to run away from. We want out of here. We'd rather go back to Egypt. We'd rather be in a place of slavery. The reaction of those ten spies is a familiar one, if we're perfectly honest with ourselves. When I think back to enter China for the first time, it isn't hard for me to relate to the feelings that those ten spies had, the uncertainty and the nervousness and the fear. And we can find ourselves feeling the same way. It's funny, isn't it, that we can experience the transformation of our lives, salvation and the power of God working in us. And yet as God leads us outwards, as he begins to take us out so that thy kingdom can come, his kingdom comes into the world, our fears can begin to rise. I'm sure probably nearly every one of us at some point or another have felt the challenge or perhaps even a specific call from God to get involved in some kind of service. Perhaps that was here in Vancouver or perhaps it was on the other side of the world somewhere. Maybe you have sensed God calling you to ministry in this church. Perhaps to step up into eldership. Maybe to take up full-time Christian service and to become a pastor or to be a missionary. And I wonder if you've sensed that, if you've also sensed and had to deal with the fears and the insecurities, and our own sense of inadequacy that arose in you as you thought about stepping into something that was unknown, stepping into an alien land. 
when God puts an opportunity in front of us to be part of his kingdom coming, nearly always there are giants that we see in the land. We will always face obstacles. We will always face challenges. And we will experience fear and insecurity and probably inadequacy. When that happens, there are two ways that we can respond. We can respond as those spies did and as Israel did and we can say, no, I'm not willing to go. I'd rather turn back. I'm not going to walk forward into what God you have for me. God, I'm going to walk back away from the things that you have for me. That's one kind of response and we see that in the response of those ten spies. Or we can respond in a different way. We can respond in a way that grows the kingdom, not just through us, but also grows the kingdom within us and helps us to move forward in spite of our fears and insecurities. So what is this way that can cause the kingdom of God to grow within us when we face that call to go out and the fear that rises inside of us? Well, looking back now, I can see that the fears and inadequacy and insecurity that I had going into China, they were actually showing me something. They were showing me areas of my life in where I still needed to grow. I still remember walking up to the desk of a very stern-faced customs and immigration officer in China on that very first trip. The fear that I felt had become so strong, it really wasn't pleasant at all. But it showed me an area of life where I needed to grow my trust in God. I needed in that moment to turn towards God, not turn away from him, to step forward with one small step of trust rather than stepping back and returning to Egypt. I needed to seek his courage so that I could simply take that next step rather than stopping. As I emerged on the other side of that customs and immigration check, I was now in China for the first time. I'd only taken a few steps. I'd literally physically only walked a few steps from one side of a desk to the other side of the desk. But now, I was in my promised land. Now I was no longer in that place where fear ruled me. I'd taken just a few small steps. i put my trust into God. And I was stood in my promised land. Those few small steps helped me towards trusting God more deeply with my life. And I believe And I knew at that time that I would not face that same kind of fear again because my trust had grown and the kingdom had been formed in me just that little bit more. And the kingdom formed in me more would then be the kingdom that would flow out of me into the lives of the people that I met on that trip. And over the next two months as I travelled around China, I learned so much. As we moved from city to countryside and from universities to little noodle shacks on the corner of streets, I learned that I could entrust my fears and my insecurities and my inadequacy into God's hand. And I could trust in his protection and his care. And so I would carefully share the gospel with people on trains and in parks and in noodle shacks. And as I did that, I saw how the kingdom of God came into the lives of those people as they accepted Jesus, Jesus, as well as into my own life as well, as I trusted him to help me do that kind of work. All I could do 
when I felt that fear, was to ask God to help me to take the next step and to not let those fears and insecurities overwhelm me and paralyze me and control me. Just as we submit our lives day by day so that his kingdom can come in us, so we submit ourselves moment by moment so that his kingdom can come through us. And at the end of that period of two months, I could look back and see that a deep work had taken place in my life. I'd grown in my trust of God. And the fears that had seemed so big at the beginning of that journey, they'd shrunk down and they'd gotten smaller and smaller. And the impact that they now had on me was so small, it seemed so hard to remember why they'd been so big. Through facing those fears and seeing them as an opportunity to trust God, the kingdom had come more deeply in my life and in the lives of others. Thank goodness that amongst those 12 spies, there were two who saw things differently than the 10. Even though it was eventually Joshua that led the people of Israel into the promised land, it was actually Caleb that spoke up that day. As the people grumbled and as the people complained and said, let's go back to Egypt, we don't want to go forward, we don't want to go and see this kingdom established because we're too scared. There was one man, Caleb, who stood up. Caleb had seen those cities too and knew that they were large and fortified. Caleb had seen the obstacles. He'd seen these giants of people that were in the land. And I'm sure that Caleb had felt fear as well. I'm sure he knew that establishing the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Israel was not going to be an easy thing to do. But instead of reacting the way the others did and letting his fears become so big that they controlled him, Caleb instead looks to God. And he sees something that we all need to see when we face the challenge of taking God into the world. He sees that God is far bigger, far bigger than the fears and insecurities, far bigger than the cities, far bigger than the giants. And I'm sure there was a moment when Caleb had to really consider the realities of the challenge ahead that he was facing and make a decision to give them over to God. The simple difference between Caleb and Joshua's response and the response of the other ten is that Caleb took a small step of trust and was able to say, let's go up and take this land, for we can certainly do it. I don't know how he said that. Maybe he said it loudly, full of strength and passion and energy. Or maybe he was still feeling a bit nervous. It doesn't matter. What it shows us is that he didn't want to turn back. He was willing to step forward in order to see God's kingdom come. He looks at God's ability, not at his own inabilities. And people of God, that's what we have to do. We cannot let ourselves be so focused on our inabilities that we never step forward, that we never take a step into missions work, that we never take a step towards sharing Jesus with those around us. Don't get caught up in your inability. Instead, get caught up in God's ability. It's telling that when Israel finally does enter into the promised land, it's only Joshua and Caleb out of those 12 that are actually alive and able to lead the people towards their inheritance. And that inheritance is the kingdom of Israel being established. Thy kingdom come. It has come because of two men that didn't look at their own inability. They looked at God's ability. I believe that God allows us to experience fear. 
and insecurity and inadequacy because he has a purpose. I believe he allows us to experience those things as he calls us to bring, calls us to bring his kingdom into the world. See, God calls each and every believer to not only submit the lives that we have so that the kingdom can come in us, but so that the kingdom can come through us. And he wants that kingdom to come in other people's lives so that things like brokenness and hopelessness and abuse and poverty and war, that they can begin to be brought to an end. It will take the lifetime of the church until Jesus returns for that to happen. But that is the mission that we as the church have been given. And he allows us to face fears and inadequacies and insecurities because they become opportunities for us to trust, for us to test him, to see if God is faithful. There's a great scripture in Malachi 3 that the pioneer missionary Gladys Aylward loved. And it used to say this, it used to say, trust me, test me. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing. And there will be enough food for my family to be fed. If we test God, if we step into that place, step forward when we feel afraid and scared, we begin to learn that God will not just work in us, but through us. He will deepen his kingdom within us and he will take it out into the lives of others. So when we do this, when we trust him, when we trust him with the things that would cause us to hold back the fears that we have, what actually happens? What happens when we live lives that are submitted every single day? Yes, the kingdom comes in us and the kingdom comes through us. For Joshua and Caleb, they get to see the promised land. They get to take the people of Israel into the inheritance to see a new kingdom established, a kingdom that would, would transform the lives of all those people. For me, those little steps that I took going into China and the steps that I've taken every day, I face challenges in the work we do in ITC every day, working still in a communist country, working with a government that doesn't understand the values that we have, that doesn't welcome the gospel. We face challenges all the time. But with every small step of trust, we see his kingdom come. And that looks like hundreds of children's lives transformed. Children waking up with hope instead of hopelessness. No longer living in poverty, but living in security. We see families that were teetering on the edge of abandoning children, cared for and supported. And we see their lives restored and hope brought back to them. We see children abandoned, having the broken parts of their lives put back together in, as they are loved and cared for. And we see the kingdom come in the lives of our Chinese staff. We see them come, the kingdom come in group homes and in vocational projects and in therapy projects and education projects that we run and in the medical clinics that we run. And we even see it in the lives of government leaders. And it is a kingdom of joy. You see, when we take out God's word, when we don't allow ourselves to hold back, but when we take step forward in spite of our inadequacies and insecurities and fears, the kingdom does come, and one of the fruits of that kingdom is incredible joy. I want to just show you a brief video, just for a few minutes before I finish up. And this is going to give you a window into what the kingdom looks like in the work that we do in China. Enjoy this video. I remember walking into this welfare centre 
I'd never been into a welfare centre in China before. I expected to hear the sounds of children laughing and playing. And yet, what I found was children making no sound. There was no laughter, and what's more, there were no tears and no crying. Just children completely closed off to the world because of how they were suffering. That face and that smile is a reflection of the kingdom of God coming in China, coming in the lives of the least and the lost. In Changsha and in Henyang, in the cities that we work, through the work that we do, through the support that you give, through the people that serve and follow that call, God, your kingdom is coming. Your kingdom is coming in that place. In closing, when we pray and talk about these words, thy kingdom come, they are powerful words. We need to be praying for God's kingdom to come in our own lives as we give them over to him each day. He will answer that prayer if you pray it. And we need to pray your kingdom come and pray it for the world because we see a broken world out there that desperately needs the hope that exists in Jesus. 
You will face challenges, insecurities, obstacles and fears as you step out. But don't let it stop you from stepping out. If I'd have turned back at that place of customs and immigration 25 years ago, there would be no ICC today. And the life of the church is peppered with stories who simply took one step forward and who have been part of changing the world and bringing the kingdom into the lives of those who need it. We can learn a lesson from these 12 spies today. We can either choose to be like one of the 10. I just want to go back to Egypt, stay comfortable, it's going to be too hard. Or we can be like Caleb and Joshua and we can say no. With God, we can certainly do this. Would you pray with me? Father, we want to thank you for the opportunity that we have to come together over this series and to think about your kingdom coming. We know it's important because you prayed it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Father, we as your church are called to be the here on earth, the ones that bring your kingdom through you dwelling in us powerfully and working through us. Lord God, help us not to hold back our lives from you, but to bring our lives to you every single day, submitting them and asking for your life, the life of Jesus, to be lived through us as we walk through that day. Father, help us not to hold back when you call us and speak to us, when you call us to a task or a ministry or a service. Help us not to be held back by our fears and our insecurities, but help us to take small steps of trust, to entrust our fears into your hand and simply take the next step forward. Help us to see the place in your kingdom where you want us to sow and invest ourselves, Father. Whether that be Mexico, whether that be China, Lord God, we entrust that to you. We pray for your kingdom to come in us, Jesus, and we pray for your kingdom to come through us for the sake of the world, for the sake of your gospel, and for your glory. And we pray this in your precious name. Amen. Just before I go sit down, I'd love to encourage you to come and talk to me and come and talk with Sunny. Sunny, if you just stand up. Sunny works with ICC. And we're both going to be here after the surface, so we'd love to chat with you if you want to talk about ICC or if even if you just want to talk about what God has put on your heart in response to this message today. We've talked about thy kingdom come, and I'm going to give you some opportunities in ways that you can participate in the kingdom coming in China. You can come on a team with us. Why not come for two weeks and invest yourself into the lives of children who need that message of hope? Maybe God is speaking to you about some kind of long-term service going for a year, maybe going for a few years and investing what God has given you into the lives of children in China. We have a scholarship program right now that we can actually pay for you to go for a year to serve. All your expenses covered. And so if you're interested in that and have that sense of God calling you, please come and speak to me about that. And you can sponsor. You can sponsor a child with ICC. Give a particular child an opportunity to begin to experience that hope in the kingdom of God. And a new thing that you can do is actually to get alongside families. We have a new program called our Family Partners Program where you can actually sponsor a group of five families 
and those families will be given all of the support and the care that they need so that they don't abandon the child that they have that has a disability. Final thing, we also have a book out there as well that I would encourage you to pick up a copy of and read called China's Oasis. It's the story of how we take steps even though we feel, in, we feel fearful and inadequate and we see, do God, see God do great things. And so please do come and talk to Sonny and I. And God bless you and thank you for having me with you this morning.